Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I'm Mr. Forrest. Thanks for joining me this week. I have a conversation with my dear and lovely partner, Marissa Rada-Wepner, and we went to Japan to play at the Each Story Festival with the wonderful Peter Broderick, and then we also played a date with Peter in Tokyo at Harame, which is awesome, and then another little gig at a secret psychedelic bakery. All that story and more is what this this week's podcast is about. It's it's really nice. We recorded this right after we got back. We like to do it when we're fresh. There's usually all sorts of fun anecdotes and reflections and things like that. So it's another one of the tour stories, and I think you're going to love it. We let it go where it's going to go. Yeah, check out Rada's work. She is a coach, a ketamine therapist, a yoga instructor, a mom, a sometimes DJ, among other things. Much in demand for a lot of her remote work that she does on Zoom and so forth. So uh, check out her website, marissarodwepner.com. It's in the show notes, and we will get right into this. But first, it is the holiday week. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving for those in the United States or anywhere else you might be celebrating that holiday. Things tend to slow down here a little bit during this week. Uh, Rod and I will be going to Florida which I have avoided doing the whole time, six years we've been together, but now it's time for me to go to Florida. So, uh, fun fact, type into Google your birthday. Let's say your birthday is May 24th or July 31st. Leave off the year, put your birthday, month and date, and then put Florida man. See what comes up. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised no matter who does it on what date. Your birth date and then Florida man. Uh, I want to thank everyone on the Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. You can sign up for free, like do a free tier for a bit. Um, I've been sharing all sorts of demos from the Titanic sessions, the new album, Music for the Deck of the Titanic. I've also been sharing live recordings from Japan and London and Esalen and all sorts of things like I never get to share anywhere else. Uh, So thank you to everyone of every tier on the patreon.com slash East Forest. That is our council. And thank you for helping keep this ship afloat. If you want to support in any way, that's a great way to do it. You can also buy some merch or come to a show. Uh, We're going to be doing a big merch sale this month, and we'll let you know the code for that on the newsletter. That's at eastforest.org. And thank you to everyone who came to the shows in Seattle and Los Angeles um, to celebrate the release of music for the deck of the Titanic. It really warmed my heart that y'all could come out, and I had wonderful experiences in both cities, and especially thanks to Mary M, who came out to L.A. I put up some clips on the Instagram and so forth from that show. She brought her shadow with her. For those of you who were there, you saw this. This was a, well, it's another individual, but I guess she calls it her shadow, in this black lycra suit. In The, the head, the face, even the, the faux hair thing on top is covered in the same lycra black. And her shadow moved and danced around stage while we did a few songs. And I, I really loved performing for everybody in both of those cities. And uh, it just means the world to me that that we can share that space together. So I'm look forward, looking forward to what we can do in the new year. Upcoming is Esalen. It's currently sold out. It's in the middle of December. There is a wait list. We'll be back there in the middle of uh, around July 4th weekend in 2024 and potentially again in December at the end of the year. That's when we try to do it. 
Uh, same old, same old. If you want to know, we tend to shoot it to the Patreon first and then to our newsletter right after that. That's kind of the best way to stay in touch uh, about uh, tickets and things like that. I also am going to be at Reunion, which is a retreat center in Costa Rica in early February for a week-long ceremony retreat. This is the first of its kind for me. If you want to learn more, uh, there's a link on my website uh, on the tickets page. Uh, you can you basically apply to attend. We just make sure you're a good match, medical and all that kind of jazz. And they, and anyone at Reunion can answer all your questions and, and they'll call you up and you have a little conversation and see if that's going to be right for you. It's an intimate experience. I believe we have 35 spots for this. And it's my attempt to lean forward and offer these kinds of experiences to people I don't know in, in the public space. And maybe that's you. Are you feeling the call? We can step into that one together. But if you are enjoying music for the deck of the Titanic, thank you for those who have sent messages, especially when you post it on the socials, because then other people know about it. Uh, if you haven't seen like the video for Legacy uh, by Bobby Bailey, I think it's amazing. The burning photographs that he printed. Definitely check that out. It's on YouTube, East Forest Music. Uh, but all 11 tracks are now out, and the vinyl is shipping. The vinyl is also shipping for the Burn album with Peter Broderick, and I couldn't be happier that it's out there. I'm going to tell you more about the Titanic album and its creation uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, I just have to sit down and, and record it. Uh, but there's some pretty cool stuff that went into making that, and it, it, the whole process uh, it's, it's always magical. You know, it was probably two and a half years, and, and now it's out. Um, so it's strange to sort of talk about it in retrospect, but <laughs> speaking of new albums, have you heard the new Andre 3000 Woodwinds album? It just dropped his first album since what, 2009, six or something like that. Uh, I listened to it. I'm like, dude's getting into the ceremony space. That's the first thing that came to my mind and I welcome that. Um, but it's, it's exciting to, to hear people getting into improvisation, experimentation, and really frankly, heart-centered music. It's just something that sounded like it was very authentic for him and it wanted to come out. So good job, Andre 3000. Keep it up. And uh, yeah. All right, let's dive into this wonderful conversation with the ooh, uh, ecstatic, beautiful, always interesting, Marissa Rotter-Wepner. Well, we're back from Japan and still managing to not get up before <laughs> 8 a.m. The jet lag's killing us. But we thought it'd be good to, uh, you know, while it's fresh, tell some of the downloads. Not that we've, like, figured out Japan. <laughs> we're not one of those people. It's like, But go, I do have a list of hot tips now. There is nothing worse, though, than someone who goes anywhere and then all they're like, well, when I was in Japan, <laughs> we're like, let me tell you about Japan, you know. As if we've... Listen, we can tell them about our experience. And I, we had a wonderful experience. And yeah. we would have a few pro tips. Like, let's start out with perhaps what was something that you didn't expect to be true that was glaringly true once you were there. Didn't expect to be true? Yeah, like you didn't think it was going to be like that, but it ended up being like that. I don't know. Really? I could tell you a lot of things here. We got to turn this towards you. A lot of things I liked about it. I don't know. That were surprises? Yeah. Things I'd heard, but I'm like, there it is, but it's so cool. 
Like okay. I heard it was kind of conservative, but actually I didn't see that as a downside. Like I, not that it is, but I saw it as actually a, there was almost like a, it's sort of like put energy where it's important and it wasn't like wasted on things. Mm. And it, the conservativeness. Yeah, uh, maybe define conservative. Like in dress or in just sort of in, the energy itself just felt like it had a lot of depth to it. Well, because it was conservative, it went deep versus shallow and broad. Right. It's like focused and deep. I would 100% agree with that. And it's also trying not to be like comparing to America, where it's like candy and loud and fast and glitzy. This was subdued and tasteful and thoughtful. Yeah. And speaking of uh, candy, also, people were must. They were not as large as most people in America, aside from the sumos, which we didn't meet. We did not meet. Just a couple billboards. No, people seemed to be healthy for, by and large. And uh, I remember we, it took us a while. We were there like a week, and we we're looking around. We're thinking, like, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of uh, large large people. And they're like, no, we, nope. maybe one or two, but not a lot. Um, could be a lot of could be a lot of reasons genetics sure but diet environment stress but uh, speaking history. speaking of food adjacent the food was incredible so that was a surprise I thought the food might be good and but, I, I think I had in my mind a lot of sushi right like stereotype like oh we'll eat a lot of sushi right we had sushi once I think right. officially but everything else was just a very broad palate and we loved everything that we had. For those for those watching on video, Pepper the dog is completely upstaging us right now. <laughs> what is she doing? I think she's uh, licking she's her, butt her butt or something, <laughs> and that's all people can watch right now. No one cares. She'll get it. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Whatever she's looking for in there. We uh, there we go. Mm. Take a rest. <laughs> we uh, groomed her yesterday because she's rejected from every groomer because she bites them. She's and, protective yeah, of her body and space. So we're like, we have to do this because she has these burrs that were in her. She's a little dog for those who can't see. So a what, long-haired mini Dotson is a what long-haired, she is. So she's, on the, she's near, close to the ground. And she lo- has long hair. And it picks up these burrs and stuff, and they get knotted and dreaded in there, and it's horrible. And she won't let you work on it to get them out. So they just get worse, and it was a difficult situation. But it had to be done. We solved it. We we're as soon as we got back from Japan, we we're like, let's just finally take care of Pepper. Yeah, that had and to be done. She looks great. You look so good, Pepper. Hey, yeah. So, um, for yourself, what was, what were some of your most surprising things about Japan? Or... Everywhere, every restroom we used, whether it was public, a oh, private yeah. establishment, a hotel, was a Toto washlet with like full front back sprayer, heated seat, <laughs> and dryer. And sometimes they added a noisemaker or a noisemaker sponsored by Roland or like an <laughs> auto up down lid. Literally everywhere. You're Starting not joking from... about sponsored by Roland. No, noisemaker. No, Literally one of the toilets. <laughs> the, had and the a noisemaker noise is the sound of like water running. You push a button and the sound of water running is audio through your little stall. Did it sound like someone else peeing or was no, it? No, like, it was like a river. Uh, is that to help like you or to? I think cover it's to your cover tracks. the cover your tracks. Amazing. To cover your tracks. But every every 
toilet was that way, except for one, except for one toilet I went in in a shrine. That's it. I'll tell you. That's a lot of toilets over well, like check, check 10 this days, out. Check this 12 out. days. The fanciest toilet of the entire trip that I, the 11, 12 days we were there, was at a highway rest stop. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd so think that'd good. be the worst. And it was by it was far. The best. They had, okay, first of all, you walk into the bathroom, they had a map. <laughs> they had a map laying out, like, this is the situation here. I'm like, all right, I got to lay of the land before I even had to look. And then, and then they had like these, these rooms that were like the stalls. And they had a computer screens and like nice lighting I and like wood paneling. You, did it? Did yours have this? Because mine, a couple, like probably like five over the time we were there, had this. It was like a fold down uh, platform that you stand on. Did you ever no. have stalls with those? I did like have a fold down platform. I did have. Uh, well, what's a, the platform for? I couldn't figure it out. Babies? No, no. It had like human adult feet. Standing on the platform. I don't know. Platform that came down. It was probably like warmed and massaged your feet or something. There were, and I would think that you'd have these two, like in the corner, like holstered baby seats. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the things that a a toddler, you put them in the swing with their feet. Yeah, they're mounted on the wall. So it's like they can't do anything bad while you're doing your business. Yeah, in the toilet. Yeah. The platform, though, you didn't have a platform that came down. There actually, there was more than one screen in the bathroom too. That's what blew my mind. It was unbelievable. It was so, and there's someone in there just consistently. All they're doing is cleaning, 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 cleaning. This is in the restaurant stop at the truck stop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the we went to a temple where most places you take off your shoes. Definitely the temples before you go in, and or upstairs, or on wood, or even in a traditional hotel. Yeah. And so when you go to the bathroom, when you walk up to the urinal, which, by the way, shoots water into itself before you walk up. It can <laughs> sense you're coming. To, so there's no, you know, try to make it clean just as you arrive. <laughs> and they had wooden slippers, you know. For you. To stand on so you wouldn't have to sully your feet. Your socks. Next to the urinal. Yeah. So I slipped on these these really nice wooden slippers. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so you could do your thing. I would have those two on the ladies' side, or we'd have like kind of like foamy croc ones that you could slip on. Oh, ours were wood. Yeah. Well, it depends end. on where we were. It, bathrooms are awesome. That's one thing where it. it's like you heard about it, but wow. I mean, let me tell you, if I yes. could, if I never had to raise a toilet seat again by hand or foot or whatever device <laughs> of my body, and I just had to press a button or it just senses, I would be overjoyed that would change my life we could make that happen for you at our house and thanks for listening to this podcast that's it that's <laughs> japan <laughs> uh so we were there because uh i was invited to play at a festival called each story with peter broderick and and then we played a small show in tokyo and then we played an even smaller show at a little bakery called nowhere or paradise bakery in kamakura more on that later but that's why we were there and we took a little time in between and and aside from Tokyo and Kamakura, checked out Kyoto for a bit and Ambient Kyoto Festival was going on. So maybe we'll just drop a few details about some of these things. Uh, each story, by the way, typically when we go to festivals, often not always the best experience or there's this and that's or some things are great and some things are difficult. It's usually, they're usually large, loud. It's rare we even like a lot of the music. Lots of not good music, lots of people, 
bad food, etc., etc. The one we went to in Napa, this Bottle Rock was awesome. I mean, no, they're all have. I'm not trying to paint a wide brush. I'm just saying, like, there's it's it's sometimes yeah, it's hard. It's like your things make it extra work. You're like, how do we get to this and yada yada. We landed in Tokyo and had to immediately drive four hours into the countryside. That was hard. That was very, very, very to hard. To get to this site. Yeah. And we were completely delirious. Um, but the festival itself was amazing. I think it was right up at least my alley because it was not too big. Um, it was, I loved all of the music that they had there. It was basically ambient experimental music. So it wasn't the that loud. The color palette of everything and everyone and every booth and the whole aesthetic mm-hmm. was like neutrals, creams, browns, blacks, blacks. Grays, against the wood, backdrop of the green of a forest, forest around us, with a lake and like or a pond in the middle. So the aesthetic was ex- exceptional. And these were like cool Japanese kids, like you know, hip dressed, cool styles, like experimental music. It was like there was Modern, not much subdued, grounded. No, no, no one zen, was, yeah, no barefoot, but open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard it was barefoot. You know what I mean? Barefoot figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying. American barefoot. Yeah, how do I put this? Parking lot um, feet. Yeah. It was it was really nice. And on top of that, they had high end high production value. Of course, everything was on time and scheduled. They had a nice Very piano on, on stage. Uh great stage hands, et cetera, et cetera. They they had a, a guy making ramen. Everybody wanted this ramen because it was like you know, This we heard, is the ramen guy. We heard from the Japanese people like this is Very the guy. traditional, this amazing. Is the, this is yeah. the best ramen Craftsman. in Tokyo. We have one ramen stand. That was the thing. It was like one person that sells coffee, one person that does ice cream, one person that does ramen, one person that does... They have their the, own beer. The one, Yeah, one person that does beer. The one person that does the one thing, they're a master at the one thing. Like, let's not bother with lots of choice. Let's give you the master of the one thing. So yeah. I stood in line for that ramen... In the rain. In the rain. For... At least an hour. At least an hour? At and le- let's, just put, let's just put it this way. A uh, ramen guy was an artist. He took yes. his time. Yes. <laughs> he made four bowls at a time. And so it was just the next four people got the one bowl of the one thing that he made. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. He that's was a, that's something else. That's taste of Japan. I, I, we've kind of found that a lot where... Uh, that you was know. what made all the food so good. Everywhere we would go is a pretty small establishment. Yeah. They have a very small menu. They're masters of the couple things that they do. It's true. It's true. They and don't ag- mess around with trying to do everything. And again and again, we we had some of the best fill-in-the-blank we of ever had. And it was including sushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even like sushi. And but, I know I had you eat, what, was it a whole piece of toro? And it was good. Toro? Yeah. And... But like that, that sushi restaurant, it was the best rice I'd ever had in my life. Ever. Forever, ever. Hands ever. down. It was just this like. Tiny spot. I discovered too that like on Google Maps, their ratings of restaurants, like here in the States, I don't know, maybe we're a little bit on a curve. It's a little inflated, like a five. You give a five if everything's fine and you give a four if there's a problem. A three means like probably pretty bad. There, I was noticing there weren't a lot, even 4.5s. There were some, and there were some that got, went up, but there were a lot of stuff around 4.0, three, a lot of 3.8, 3.9s, mm-hmm. which would be a disaster, I think. In here. the US. Yeah. 
And we went to some of these because we had to, and we they were still great. And then we went to some that were like a four point one. We're like, that was that was the best tonkatsu I've ever had. And we quickly realized like they're not messing around with, they're being accurate. <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> four point five is amazing. You know, it's like yeah. that's an amazing score. Yes. And we once yes. we cracked that code, yes, we started checking out certain places and having some incredible, the best incredible evers. meals, the best ever's over and over again. But little places like uh, yeah, they just do that thing. But or even the thing they don't do. We like we went to the coffee place, Alpha Betty, Kamakura. Shout out, that's what it's called. Alpha Betty's. And they did have amazing coffee, and we noticed that the uh, the woman doing the coffee was like sitting there examining every bean and pulling out the ones that were like this bean is by not, bean. This isn't up to snuff, and roasting them. Mm-hmm. They made a burger there. They had burgers on this menu. It was the best burger. I've ever had, period. I'm just like, what's going on? I'm like, in a little town, it's not even a burger place. <laughs> and I could just, I watched her make it. It was just like, just taking her, just beautiful attention, just, just attention, attention and love into each little piece. And it, thankfully, like it wasn't, a lot of the places we went, they weren't like rushed. They, they Even if they're, they yeah. weren't super busy, they kind of like, we're going to do our thing and you have to wait. Yep. Yep. And then their system of, of like people would line up outside of a restaurant. So you'd be in a, a queue outside the front door. And then when they put you in a new position we have for restaurants, which is called on deck, that's what we named it. You come they in. bring you inside. You think like, oh, I'm about to get my table. But they actually have you stand there for another 15 to 20 minutes. Or sit. Yeah. Or sit. You sit there and watch everyone eat. You sit there <laughs> and they and look then at you finally, waiting. You get their table when they got up. And then the next yeah. person from outside comes in and sits and waits. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, I think I like, I've heard things about Japan before I went that people said things like, oh, it's like India, but in that it's so foreign, but of course more organized and so forth. And I, so maybe I was a little bit like, oh, man, I'm getting myself prepared for like it being very disorienting on the foreign factor. Mm. I didn't find that. Mm. I didn't find that. I, I did find the organization factor, which I love. You what know, was like, the most organized for you? Well, like the trains came exactly when they said they would into the minute, and people queued. Yeah, they <laughs> we lined were, up. We were waiting for a bullet train, and there was like you thought we were, we. There's colored lines on the grounds of like where you think the doors are going to be blue, when orange, the train so forth. stops. And we had just watched the train load of people queue up and get on the train before us, and I was like, okay, we're next. Let's go stand in line. We'll do the right thing and get ready. And we had to wait maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. So he, you and I were just like busy, but we were standing at the very front of the queue. And then right before the train comes, I pick up my head and look around. No one's behind, no us. behind us. They have, they've but made other queues. Other lines else. exist. Like, oh. And I actually said to you, I was like, we're in the wrong line. And you said, maybe not. <laughs> I said, I'd bet a hundred bucks we're in the wrong line. I do not think what's going on here. Is that the Japanese people are being polite? Like, oh, we don't want to, you know, crowd them. Like, they're just like, look at those dummies <laughs> standing for the wrong train. We'll let them do their thing, and, uh, and we'll they make, did. No we one make, told us we shall make a line and <laughs> wait for the train. <laughs> you actually said, well, maybe not. Maybe uh, they're wrong. <laughs> oh yes, yes, that's it. 
the hundreds of people around us. (laughs) Yes. We figured it out. And they've always got it wrong. But you went to the end of one of the long lines next to us. Yeah, I did. I was like, I'm going to play by the rules here. I didn't. Yeah, you just got on and they let you. Like, look at this, look at this American I knew lady. I got a pass because I was clearly trying, trying to do the right thing. Well, that's how the world works. I if tried. you try. Well, I wasn't just like somebody scattered off to the side that at the end went to the front of the line. I had been waiting in what I mistakenly thought was See, I don't think the front of the line. they give a shit. Yeah, they're no, like, no, so you I get didn't a pass. get... Oh, you gave I yourself a pass is what happened there. <laughs> no one handed you a pass. Well, they didn't stop me. They're polite. I was getting a pass. Well, we like the trains. <laughs> <laughs> Took a few trains and some subways and so forth, and that was fun. Um, I did see a statistic recently. I don't know if this is true, uh, that the Tokyo subway system is profitable, whereas the New York subway system is not. And I think that has more to do prior to the administration than, you know. Like, the, the New York subway system gets you around, but... There's something about like the metro in New York where they're it's a obviously a public thing, but their books are closed. Now mm. tell me, how in the hell does that make sense? And we're talking billions of dollars to run this thing. And they don't make money. And somehow they're not making money, right? Millions of people riding it every day. I would see things in New York like they'll put up those signs saying like this elevator is under construction and it will say expected return date. It would be like 11 years in the future. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, what kind of, or- there's no competition here. It's like, what kind of organization can get away with this? Mm-hmm. 11 years. And like, yeah, that's, that's what we scheduled it for. <laughs> well, thanks for putting up the sign. I appreciate that. Not, not in uh, Tokyo. No, we didn't see anything quite like that. Although we couldn't read the signs. No, we had our Google Translate. That helped. Yeah, we were sitting at this restaurant. And they had all these signs handwritten all over. And we're like, oh. It was a local's restaurant. I wonder what that says. And you pull out your Google Translate, the one that was right in front of your face. And what did it say? In Kyoto. How about? Oh, yeah. It said, how about some ice cream? <laughs> how about a, that ice cream? That was a translation. <laughs> how about that ice cream? I thought you were thinking of the one that says penises. And I wasn't going to say that. No, that was on the menu. It was a section of food that said penises. And I said, I think there's something going wrong with the translator. But <laughs> Every time you went over it with your phone, it was penises exclamation point. Yeah. No, we went. Yeah, that was another place. Obviously, this is a lot about food, but we went to a place where I just found on Google Maps. It looked good. And we went up there and they're like, look, we don't have no English, English menu. menu. I'm just going to lay it out. Like, this is not a normal But we were like, spot. we have a Google Translate. We got it. And they were like, okay. And we pulled out Google Translate, <laughs> and we saw penises. Uh, we ordered some. And there was a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, right. Several. We got several different kinds. Hot and cold. There and... was a restaurant that you can smoke in. Yeah, we did. Everybody, that was true, all the too. tables around smoked. us were smoking. I didn't like that. It's unusual nowadays. We don't get that. In yeah, the US. it was shocking for a second. I was like, "Is this?" I didn't know if it was illegal or the people just did it or. I think they wouldn't do it if it were illegal. Also, I heard someone tell me, again, not sure if this is true, a Japanese person said that mushrooms were legal and then became illegal. Oh. When was the become? I didn't get rough hard dates, but it seemed like it wasn't too long ago kind Hmm. of thing. Wow. Don't know if that's true. 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know either. Somebody will tell us. But I did get the sense that like psychedelics in general, although it might be done, it's definitely not as like out there as it is in America. It definitely well, seemed more like, well, yeah, that's kind of under, that's pretty hush-hush. Less tie-dye all around. No tie-dye. None. No tie-dye. Shrines and temples. Yes, shrines and temples. Everywhere. So many. More yeah. than we could see. I mean, we, I found some that were in between buildings and, uh, and of course, giant, amazing ones. Uh, everything, everything, every kind of temple you could imagine. Which one did you enjoy the most? Um, well, I did like that one of the last ones we went to in Kamakura, I think, because it was the first one ever built there. It was really old. And like you said, they, they let us, they invited people to come into the actual like main building part in the middle, which normally you're kind of like looking into. You yeah, can walk you up to, to the steps the and look in it. They're like, come in. This temple was built in 730 AD in Kamakura, the first Buddhist temple in that area. And it was up a hill. That was so gorgeous too, walking up all those steps. And then when you come in, there was just like a woman, I want to say a nun, because she seemed like she was working there and that was her spot. And she just invited us all the way up the steps into the full thing. Take your shoes off, come in. Come like up onto the platform with all yeah. the deities, with all the... Yeah, and I liked that because there was really no one there too. And so yeah. it was just quiet, mm -hmm. whereas the thousand Quan Yin's were amazing. But, you know, it's a lot of people coming to check that out and... Yeah, a thousand. And it one didn't cannons. feel as alive, in a sense. Felt now it's become something you come to look at, as opposed to something that that's is, in use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Still amazing. Felt more like I'm looking at history. A part of history in the history. Yeah, mm -hmm. less museum esque. Though I would, I want to say I think that probably all of the temples that we visited are in use, just not the times that were there. I hope so. I think yeah. they are. I hope so. Yeah, there's so many. That's what kind of blew my mind too. Is just, I mean, I, I suppose if as an analog you'd look at churches in the U.S., but there's there are more temples. Definitely. And Shinto, the original religion in Japan, he I was I was told, uh, sort of almost animistic in a sense that like there's no doctrine. There's everything no gods. is everything is is animated with spirit in a yes. sense, and there's there's no holy book. No holy book. No like one god this or that. Just uh, like pretty a, cool. Oh, yes, it's like the sacredness so of life. So Buddhism came from China, and this and is before that. Shinto is before yeah. that. Shinto was what was there. Incredible before Buddhism. Incredible. So as many Shinto shrines as there were Buddhist temples, in Kyoto, for example, a city of how many? Uh, technically thirteen some million. Thirteen point seven. I'm sure it's, it balloons more than that. The well, there's metro nearly area. two thousand shrines and temples in Kyoto. In Kyoto. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is smaller. <laughs> yeah. That, didn't I say oh, how many sorry. in Kyoto? Kyoto is one point something million. One point something. Bigger than we thought it would be. Yes. Like I had like a downtown, and you know, it's a it's a large bustling city. Yeah. But wow, and then. In addition to the temple and shrine, there's just these gardens. Everyone has these landscaped gardens that were like, for me, it was, it was like nature. You've, you've wanted your garden. Nature your, orgasm. Yeah, you wanted, Eyeball nature orgasm. So gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, they have a staff making that happen, but yeah. Of course they have a staff. If we had a staff, our yard would be killing it. 
you're trying to say I've wanted my garden. I care about gardens. Yeah, you've really, I've sensed your pain. I've heard about how much you're like, man. I mean, you bought, you literally bought a Japanese maple tree and planted it and it didn't make it. I and know, I, boy, did I so hear about bummed. that. I was out there talking to it. I was like, please, for her, please. She really needs this. Didn't pull it through. It still died. Yeah. But I love gardens. And so their gardens, everyone was epic. Beautiful. Yeah. We were lucky too because the weather was exceptional, just kind of warm fall weather. Mm -hmm. uh, some rain, but just beautiful not weather. Not too hot, not cold. Yeah. Uh, so the sh after the festival, the show in Tokyo, um, with, with also with Peter Broderick, was just awesome at Harame. Small venue. Great opener. Do you remember their name? No. I could look it up while you're talking. I wouldn't be able to tell you their name, but Shun, he became our de facto guide and brought us from the Each Story Festival to his venue in Tokyo, Harame, and was just a wonderful host and took us to a temple that day as we arrived in Tokyo from where we were outside of the city. And then later on, brought us to his absinthe bar, the Green Continent, Green Contentment. Uh, no. Contentment Green? Containment Green? I'll have to look that up too. But I, I mean, I was trying to give you the name of the, I want to talk about our, this band. Yeah. So the band before. This is terrible. If I type in East Forest Tokyo, it, Harame, it says Inside Japan's Suicide Forest. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You knew about this? Yeah. What are we talking about? There's a forest in Japan where people go to end their own life. This is, ho this is horrible. All right. All it's right. a part of their culture. All right. This is no good. Do you remember... Do you remember um, Periscope? You probably don't. It was an app. What was it for? You, you would open it and you could drop... It, it, people would... It was kind of like live videoing but you would just pop in and so i'd be like transmitting just saying things and i'd be anywhere in the world to, to anyone on periscope and you'd pop around like the map. tiktok yeah but it's live that's the only difference huh anyway you did that well one time i was on periscope just dropping the you needle know, looking around the world and i dropped into japan and as soon as the guy's video came up he's in a forest and he said i'm in the east forest and i was like what What's happening? Like, maybe he saw that I joined or something and I didn't understand. But now that you're telling me perhaps he was in an East Forest. You're making these connections in this moment? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just struck by you told me there's a place where people uh, have suicide. It's horrible. It is. It is. I don't know. Does that ring a bell? Orangey trio? Oh, yeah. Orin, Oni. Origi? Onigiri? Onigiri. They were really good. Onigiri trio. Yeah, this trio that played first. Yeah, Yu, Yukmi, Yumiko, Baku, and Amam, Anamamai. Yeah, it reminded me of Balmeray a little bit. Um, they were sweet and great. They played. And then we played a set, which was super fun. And then we went to the Absinthe Bar. Condition Green. Condition Green. In the... In the Harame, though, it's this tiny little underground, feels like super indie Japanese bar. Amazing club. club. Yeah. 
murals on the wall. They have a tea menu, like a, like an extensive herbal tea menu, a beer menu. They made burritos. And then they had this like VIP elevated wicker floor seated Take off your shoes. platform. Take off Bamboo your shoes floor. that we got yeah. to sit on. I love that experience. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and the, all, the entire sound staff was female, which is unusual. I love that, at least in the States. They were great. Uh, and he he owns this little absinthe bar that they crowdfunded. And so we went there, and it's conditioned green. So much fun. His his partner, what's her name? I won't be able to tell you. She's the wizard of the whole place. Bartender. bartender. Yeah, and con- makes these concoctions, made incredible drinks. And so we didn't, we were just like, I don't know, make whatever you She make. would look at you, and she would make it based on just her sense of you. She's like an absinthe shaman. Basically, yes. she just kind of suss out. You okay? Here's, this is here's your what you type need. of absinthe. This is the drink I will make with absinthe specifically for you, one at a time for everybody. In this moment, because mm-hmm. the next one would be different. Yeah. And we had a great time. <laughs> Andre, Peter's manager, Peter, myself, you, and Shun, and a handful of uh, locals. Locals to the right, yeah. Um, and they played great jazz, mm. and they had studio monitor speakers. I mean, that was another thing. I found good, they had a lot of quality jazz in a lot of shops and restaurants uh, that we went to, which I loved. Like good music. It wasn't just blaring. It wasn't, no commercials. Flappy, no commercials. And it wasn't just music, some crappy, like. Schlocky, like. No, ugh. it was like some Coltrane was playing or some, Col- you know, Alice Coltrane in that one or Pharaoh Sanders, I believe, went on. It was good. Really good. There were a couple times we were in shops and they were playing like a song so good, some rare cut of like Bill Evans. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this tune. <laughs> <laughs> and they had these vintage JBL speakers. You know, it, was like, it was good, high class. Yeah, condition green was good. You had a nasty hangover, but uh, and Peter was upset because they kept giving him Marilyn Manson absinthe. It was called Mansinth. Yeah, he was not happy Manson. about that. So as a as a shaman would do. <laughs> She just gave him another. <laughs> <laughs> when we had our second round of drinks, everybody got a new drink made for them. And Peter did too, but she still used Manson. <laughs> With a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hysterical because Peter was very offended. Yeah, he couldn't tell you. It was like he was putting this evil energy of Marilyn Manson and he just couldn't separate the two. Like, why me? Why am I the only one? And we were laughing, of course. And But I think that made it worse. <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't. I didn't want it, but uh, we didn't get it. If she would have served me Manson, though, from the start, I don't think I would have thought too much about it. I wouldn't have said anything, but I would have mm. been mental like that. I don't feel so good about this. Okay, so Peter just vocalized it. Yeah, he he was he was taking it for the team. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so that was truly a night to never forget just because I mean, you never would have stumbled on a place like that and had such a fun night. And it was after a show, of course, which you're feeling like a celebration. You made it all the way to Tokyo and and then we finally new leave. friends old friends we learned that the Japanese love to walk you to the door waving they'll see yeah. you out with waves I mean it was one thing in shops you know like to carry the bag out and then wave you goodbye I was like okay but that at a bar at two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> getting the double-handed wave bye 
Some heart hands. It was amazing. It's like, they care about me. All the way to the end. It's just so courteous. Uh, we, we found it to be, in our experience, very courteous. Um, and then, oh, we had that amazing, uh, we really lucked out with this hotel room. And uh, we walk in this hotel. The room had this little lobby, which I didn't understand. They opened the door, and there's this little tiny hallway, nicely lit, where you take off your shoes and so forth and so on. And I'm like, where's, your slippers. where's the room? I'm like, well, there's another <laughs> door down there. <laughs> your foyer into another room. Our only king-size bed that yeah. we had. Every other bed was doubles next to each other with a nightstand in the middle. But I had a karaoke machine in the room, and the room was were soundproofed. Yep. And, and a so, sauna. And a sauna in the room, like their own little onsen that there's and already on. And a hot on. tub. Or well, like, like a hot a, bath. A bath, yeah. Pool. It was amazing. And so we hit the, uh, we hit the, I sang you some songs. You did. Yeah. You it did. Was cheese balls. Yeah. Some really sweet love songs. That I like that place. And they had all these fancy remotes to change all the lights to these different colors. And then you realize it might be a place for, uh, hookers. Casual sex. Oh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say hookers. Yeah. Hookups. Hookups. Place for hookups. <laughs> Consensual. <laughs> Short-term well, you, relationships. You could rent it now. by the afternoon. Or you could have a very late check-in, I, like 10 p.m. check Because check-in. this place was pretty high-end. And I was like, who who spends the cash on the karaoke machine with their consensual short-term relationship? Maybe they just want to have, have fun an hour. for the afternoon. Maybe there's no sex involved. Oh, They're yeah. just having fun. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Don't need the sauna or the bathtub uh, and the soundproof walls. It's for the karaoke. <laughs> it could be. Everybody knows that karaoke <laughs> with a hired uh, consensual sex worker, far better than your friends I'm just saying, on a night out. Maybe the friends are all getting together. It's a ladies' date. Well, you're right. You need to be with someone who doesn't judge you if you really want to sing. And some people, you need to have the right, uh, you know, chutzpah to sing certain songs. And your friends don't cut it. So. It makes total sense now. We, there's parts of this culture we don't even understand. It's so We hard. understand nothing. Let's put that out there as a disclaimer. We are <laughs> stupid tourists who think we had our experience like anyone else would be the same. Hey, talk about Team Lab. Oh, uh, yeah. You found Team Lab. It's like the Meow Wolf of Tokyo, but, but way better. Not. Meow Wolf is like... If you went to a garage sale on psychedelics. Imagine Meow Wolf, but everyone takes off their shoes and socks. Yes, it smells. Let's just put it just that way. Just in the shoe locker room. A thousand lockers for shoes at once. And you go in with a group of people. Maybe there was like 50 in our pod. Pod, though. But that's there's there were yeah, hundreds and every hundreds. Every 30 this, minutes yeah. or 15 minutes, oh. a new pod's going in. But as soon as you take off your shoes and then enter, you're in a dark, long, haunted house hallway black with a inclined plane water running down so water's washing your feet as you walk and at the end of this long hallway there's a waterfall like fountainy thing and then you go into a room to your left where you, you just simply towel off your feet and you towel off your feet walk into another room that's like black everything's black black walls black floor ceiling dark lighting pillowy Sheets bouncy room. 
that we bounced across. Kind of like a trampoline McDonald's playpen, but it's black, bouncy. And then another dark hallway. And then you come into like the infinite universe fractal light LED mirrored room. In a very large room, maybe 50, 60 foot tall ceilings with hanging LED clear strips strips with maybe a million lights so thick you can't see through them. And then every surface, including the floor and ceiling and the walls is mirrored. So it looks infinite. And it's it was a shocker after coming through all these dark black like dark you know small hallways with water and so forth and you come into this and when they clean your feet like that you're not mucking up the floor. That's why they wash pre wash everyone's feet. The glass, the mirror. So you can floor. walk on the mirrored floor, and then it's a maze of these lights. Yeah, and it really cool like spatial ambient music, and that was. Really, it was pretty impressive, that room. And I'm sure some of the listeners out there have seen this or uh, we posted a pic on the Instagram, but it was, that was wild. And then there were a couple more of these like different rooms of different styles. Yeah, one room where you're standing with all of these, you know, 100 plus strangers in another mirrored room up to your knees in water, but the water's like a milky... Dark, dark room. Dark room, but the water's like milky... You can't see through it. Opaque. And then Opaque. And then the ceiling, they're projecting like images from the ceiling down onto the like opaque. Psychedelic, ghostly koi. <laughs> that you would look down at reflecting up in the water. It was crazy. That was insane too. And just the yeah. whole experience of being in that scenario with strangers was added to Yeah, the... if you were a toddler, you were almost up to your waist in water. It was it was bold. And that Very it wasn't bold. like a little water. Very you know? bold. We're up to almost our knees in water. Yeah, and then you get out of that and dry off again and then go into another room and another room. You could room. drown in that room. You could. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you could. could. If you fell unconscious, <laughs> you would drown. And then the final room was a room, again, mirrored ceiling, walls, floor, with uh, thousands of orchid plants on strings going up and down Real together. orchids. That you would walk into, these living... Yeah, they're very slowly moving up and down in strands of several dozen of them. And again, a tall ceiling and mirrors. And so you're kind of in this endless orchid garden that's moving around you. Oh, and then there was the room that you laid on the ground. Yeah, I wasn't into that one. And then it was like almost like... Sh- Projection. Yeah, I'm thinking that of was the Android more, Jones room. I got a little scar. nauseous in that one. And then there was a pillowy, a ball one. But... I just needed to get out of there because at the end, you know, the feet smell. I couldn't, you know, it was intense. (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) It was really intense. Um, But that was cool and unique. Um, But there were parts of Tokyo that were kind of like quiet and calm and I really liked, felt like certain parts of Brooklyn and of course parts that were sort of like you're in midtown Manhattan that were like super busy and commercial and then the whole, of course. So, I mean, I was just, my analogs were just New York, of course. And, but I liked Tokyo. I did. I liked it. In Kyoto, we talked about in Kamakura, we were there at the end of our trip and uh, really just a big roll of the dice playing at a bakery. Yeah. I thought, before I keep turning this microphone towards your mic, your mouth, there you go. 
I thought I, I, I still think I needed to, I needed to had some rule about the work visa where you had to leave two or three days after your last engagement. And so I was like, well, I want to see more of Japan if we're flying all the way there. So I need another gig to stay near the end. And they found us a gig at a, a they just kind of said it's a small thing, at a, a place, and then no one said anything. And then a couple days before we we're going to leave, I wrote them back being like, is that still happening? I'm assuming it's not because there's no tickets being sold. And they said, oh, no, it is. Uh, there are no tickets. It's just sort of this underground <laughs> bakery, psychedelic bakery where they use this yeast that's like 2,000 years old and they do these two-day bread rituals. And I'm like, and they said Terry Riley plays there a bunch. And I'm like, okay, well, that's something. And uh, my, we had trouble figuring out how to get places because like on the trains we couldn't take all my gear so we left some gear at first we left some at the absinthe bar because the guy Mm -hmm. said um shun was like we can store it upstairs i'm like okay (laughs) and then we left one big suitcase in tokyo at a hotel and we left to kyoto and then these these folks in kamakura just got the bags they just went to tokyo and took our bags and we didn't get permission I'm I'm glad they did it. I'm well, just saying. Well, they got the bags from Shun, but they had our bag from the hotel sent by mail oh, on right. our behalf. Yeah, which I didn't know you could do. Just call up a place and be like, you got a bag? I need it. And you can send it to and me. And they did. <laughs> so good for us. That was the headache of like, how do we get the bags around? And it all worked out. Let's just say that. It did. And so all of the stuff was in Kamakura. At this point, we were committed because it's like, we need our stuff <laughs> to leave the country. So we had to go there. So we went there with our little bag, little backpack that we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, we show up at this very small bakery that felt like it was a nexus point for some kind of underground, surrealist, avant-garde scene. Like they, a... Like a- interstellar way station totally exactly and they said through covid similar something happened in japan where a lot of people left tokyo and a lot of them went to kamakura sort of like a lot of people left new york city and they went upstate or so forth right like a lot of people moved out of the cities so there's a lot of it was like a scene it was a, a way station as you put it so it was set to set the stage for when we arrived Well, what was amazing was we got off the train in Kamakura and you and I went to go get like something to eat and drink. So we just found a great spot, had fantastic food at this little, like tiny little bar right down the road. And then we were like, well, let's go find Paradise Bakery. It's really close, 0.1 miles. We'll go walk there. We walked to Paradise Bakery from the train station and it's maybe like five o'clock and it's closed and we're sitting on the it's, bench. It's getting dark, yeah. And we're like, what do we do? Oh, we have to go to this other bakery. It's actually like a cab ride away. What are we going to do? How are we going to get there? And a guy just walks up to us, a, a Japanese fellow, and he says in his best English, like, East Forest? We pointed at Instagram on his phone a picture of you and I at Team Lab <laughs> <laughs> and with all those lights. And he's like, Forest East? And I was like, that is me. And I'm the big dummy. I'm like, oh, it's a Japanese fan. You know, it's <laughs> some alley. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, um, He's like, do you want to go? I'll take you. He just I appeared said, out of nowhere. I said, yeah, let's go. This guy appeared out of nowhere to take us in his own car to Never the saw that guy spot. again, now that I think no, about it. No, he was it. at your show. Oh, he was? Yeah, he, oh. he came to your show. You didn't oh. see him because you're performing, but he was there. 
but he just arrived. We're like, thank goodness, because how else would we have gotten there? So we got a private shuttle to Nowhere Bakery. Michael meets us, and then it's like a tiny, the room we enter, think like grandma, grandpa's barn that's four feet across. <laughs> Barn's not the right word. That's, well, I say barn. <laughs> Barns are big. No, four feet across. Yeah, a yeah. barn that's four feet Shitty across. Shitty barn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like the feel of like wood and dark and enclosed yeah, old and Japanese cluttered. Old Japanese traditional And building. there's stuff everywhere, just full of stuff. Baking supplies and music stuff. And random artifacts from who knows and art and everything and personal people supplies of whatever they take us upstairs and then we take off our shoes and we go up this tiny little like two feet across hallway not the code these stairs <laughs> <laughs> and then at the top of the stairs there's a room where there's someone playing music was it clarinet oh it was, it was alto clarinet which is a very rare instrument and what was the guy the DJ, uh mix master morris morris Okay, Mixmaster Morris for you out there was in there doing his set to maybe half a dozen people, and this guy's playing alto clarinet and ripping it and it's like just really well. Psychedelic, dark, like I don't want to use the word drug den, but was there a puppet out? Someone had not a puppet yet, but that yeah. was to come later. People just lounging out on the floor, and next that was to the left, and to the right was another small, tight room where like. You can sleep here for the night. Like, this is where you can stay. They st Yeah, and they told us in the emails, like, oh, it's like an inn. You know, won't be that fancy. But, you know, I'm like, oh, sure, great. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize there was a party <laughs> going on this night. <laughs> and there were, and at the bottom of the stairs where the shoes are taken off, there are about 14, 15 pairs of shoes, including maybe ours. And tiny shoes. This is when we came in. And so we went in there, and eventually we we're like jet lag. Right? We gotta go to sleep. So we tried, and it's, it's kind of tough because there's a party. Well, we going went on. to go get our best uh, tomkatsu. Yeah, we had some. We had tomkatsu around the corner. Point is, we did go to bed. Tried to. Eventually, fell asleep. Eventually, wake up in the morning. I go down the stairs to use the one bathroom. There's still 14 pairs of shoes down there. <laughs> <laughs> I hear snoring things all around me. Every, I was like, I don't think I can get out. Sleeping. It, Everywhere. On every surface. Every surface. There's just people now passed out. I was like, every what? Floor, Where are we? Every couch. The little room that we'd entered that I described as the forefoot across barn. Somebody sleeping down that little walkway. And someone's making bread because, you know, you got to make bread early bakery. morning. But yeah. everyone else has passed out and it's pouring down rain. I don't know what's going on. And I'm just like, all I wanted was coffee, coffee. and a, a private bathroom. And we had neither. So, and it was a, apparently it was a holiday. Yes, yeah, sports day. Sports day. It's a national holiday. That's when we have Indigenous Peoples Day. Yep. It happens to be the same day. So anyway, that's when we were like found this cafe literally down the street. We're thinking it's going to be closed because it's sports day. It wasn't. And that's where I had the best burger in my life and the best coffee in my life. And I was like, <laughs> this is the best, best precious coffee moment at that place, I'll tell you. Precious. <laughs> and it was a show day. It was a show day. So then it kind of cleared up and um, the show, everyone there actually is very sweet. We finally got to know people a little bit. Uh, Junpei, the baker, his wife, a lot the of baby. kids, a lot of kids around. That's what I meant when I said little shoes. Yeah, a lot of children, mm -hmm. um, young children. And 
So eventually I set up in there this little tiny room and they did sell tickets. And the room is like what dimension? Oh gosh, like 20... maybe maybe 12 by 12. Okay. I'm guessing 12 by 14. And it's maybe. straw mat floor. You sit on the ground. Bamboo mats, yeah. 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 And then there's kind of like a cubby altar mixing zone. Sounds... Yeah, and, the, and there was a dude back there who spoke no English. And I really like this dude because I was like, this is a music dude. And we just pointed at shit and we totally understood each other. You know, he's like, he's pointing at my boomerang looper pedals and I'd make hand gestures about what they do. He's like, oh, hi, hi. And I'd point at his weird ass synth that he built and I was like, what is this? And he'd be like, type on it and show me. And I was like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's actually a Mac, but it's doing this thing. He's like, hi, hi. I was like, badass. <laughs> and he had all these weird synths connected to bread. Wait, what? Bread. They're playing bread. How do you play bread? Oh, you know, you're playing dumb. <laughs> That's what they do here all the time, all At day nowhere, long, is bread. put electrodes into bread. And the yeast inside it, the aliveness of it, somehow some kind of electrical impulse triggers something in a synth through a program they make. And that will then play bleeps and bloops uh, based from the bread. And the bread will be changing, they will say, you know, depending on if we're talking about it or if we touch it or certainly if we're going to maybe eat it. And this bread's just jamming these little blippity bloopities in the background all day long. And the breads are murals. They're works of art. They really are. I mean, he made one, the mm-hmm. second one, that was on in the room behind me on this altar that had piano keys. Mm-hmm. And then it had like the constellation of what was the present constellation that day in like our solar system. Some wild stuff. Infinity in the shape signs. of a Nautilus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like four feet across. You've never you know? seen bread like this in your life. And And he made one of those when we were at the festival each story gave it to me after the show we traveled with it back to tokyo <laughs> took it to the show and harame and then had to cut it up and give it everywhere we have this heavy large piece of bread delicious sourdough yeah they took gave us bread to bring home to the states and they we gave us a starter finished it yesterday oh the bread that we took home yeah yeah, yeah. and a starter yeah so that's the yeah. future for us so the bread's playing but it was just a wild experience so i had this altar of bread and he also, Junpei, makes these heart sutras. Um, he writes in, the heart yeah, sutra. Yeah, in Japanese characters in a circle two, three or four times a day as a meditation. These beautiful, like, two foot across circular mandalas. Um, so he was doing that while I'm playing. And then someone started pulling out these puppets. Mm-hmm. These strange, fluffy, psychedelic puppets while I was playing Grandmother Sphere. That was at the end for the encore, but... One of the things I want to note... A first. <laughs> the puppet show, yeah. One of the things I want to note is like beforehand you and I were kind of talking or maybe I was encouraging you like, hey, you could do more of like a drop-in for this show, kind of like a ceremony and like say whatever you want and like go wherever you want to go with it. Like this is like a yeah. ripe crowd. Yeah. And everybody came in. It was a room full of maybe like 20-ish and then that was, was maxed out. Yeah, it was full. Seated, cross-legged, you know, f- just in it with you. I'm there. There's a couple people standing in the open doorway. And you say something to begin, and then you begin playing, and everybody just closes their eyes and starts to meditate. They're yeah. the most dropped in, <laughs> tapped in. Amazing. Present. Audiences. 
crowd that at I've the festival ever, too. Right? At the festival yeah. too, they just sit and they actually listen. Just listen. No one has their phone out. No one's getting up. No one's fidgeting. Nobody's doing this or that or chatting or watching. I, or, and I thought it would be a hang. You that know? they'd be hanging out. Yeah, while it'd you be played. like there'd be people smoking. It'd be a hang. No. It'd be this, and I'd be. It'd be no. And this was like a very formal event. So attentive, so clear, so dialed. They were just, it's like a level of like, we got this that I've never experienced ever. So I did improvise the whole set. I was like, let's go. And, yeah. step, and at the last we song, went. the encore is a little bit of grandma's fear. I'm going to share that on my Patreon, uh, the live recording of that wow. on the council. It was so Because I did record good. it. It was so good. And you know, I've been to 95% of these for you over the past whatever number of years. That was the clearest, deepest space. Non-psychedelic, too. It wasn't like everybody was on mushrooms or whatever. Maybe they've some people were on Maybe they were. Who smoking knows? weed or they were on bread. <laughs> yeah. But it was, let's just say it wasn't like... <laughs> it was my first gluten ceremony <laughs> <laughs> with an altar to gluten straight up. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's what gluten does. So anti-America. What? It was just like, no, man, gluten is the ancient ergot yeah. wisdom god of Well, I just, the fields that I felt from everyone there was incredible. It was so giving. Yeah. And patient and just calm. Calm. With you know, it. neither here nor there. Just, it's just like I'm presence. here. The love came from <sighs> not overtly being gushy. It was more just like just, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Dude. What? It was so <laughs> hi. fucking hi, hi, hi. good. Really? Arigato. Really. That's what I said at the end. Arigato. You have to say it like that. Arigato, That's guys, what I learned. Um, yeah. Uh, the, thank you very much. The tone helps. And everyone's happy when you do that. When I'm happy, they're happy. They're happy. I'm happy. We're all at the door waving. And I'm like, you're my best friend. <laughs> I'm coming back. Wow. It was it was pretty cool. And so I was on a bit of a high after that. And uh, we hung around and had some amazing homemade soba noodles down there with the kids and and that was great and saw a few more temples, a little more walk. The weather got better the next day, so we got to walk around. Then we had to head to the airport. Hmm. And uh, I was sad to have to leave. Uh, it's, of course, tiring to bounce around. It's such a privilege to go at all. Uh, but it's a place that for definitely over 15 years, I had longed to play in Japan and I had seen some of uh, musicians that I had admired over the years that I was wanting to make music like them. I remember the album Leaf, for instance, way back when. I used to be a fan. I'm a fan. I was a fan before I was making East Forest and I noticed he would play in Japan at, from time to time. And I used to think like, oh, they will like my kind of music. If I could just ever find a way to play in Japan, I have no idea how. There's no way to just, it's not like some places where you can just go. You kind of need someone Japanese to invite you or internal promoter. And they said that when we were there playing at the bread shop, like you, it's sort of like an audition. Like if somebody knows you and then they can vouch for you, then all the doors open. But they're not open until people know you. You can't do it. It, I mean, it's own. its own music scene too. On one level, like I don't have a lot of fans there, and there's it's different. Like they listen to CDs. Oh, but we had your one super fan come. 
I had a couple fans. Yeah, Keru. yeah. Keru. Yeah. We showed us around Kyoto. Yeah. No, I have some, but I don't think I could fill a lot of venues, you know, on my own. I need some help. Yes. To, to You're try not and build as known. Something. Oh, and then ambient Kyoto. Which is a sign that festival, for instance, that that exists again speaks to the appreciation the value for experimental thoughtful slower music yeah brian eno's ambient kyoto was a thing when we were there we got to go to a few installations where it would be ambient music with you know installations art rooms sensory experiences it pieces about cornelius um sakamoto had a big piece may rest in peace that just cool oh and our friend cacao magic yeah, yeah. DJ Sumi. Yes. <laughs> if you're in Kyoto, go to uh, Cacao Magic Chocolate Shop. Uh, she's amazing and sweet and one of the people involved with Ambient Kyoto, but we had some great chocolate. Um, Kyoto was mostly us having a couple days off to explore. Onsens. We haven't even talked about onsens. Onsens are their hot springs. Or spas, yeah, and we couldn't go to a lot of the public ones because you're like a dirty Yakuza. I am. I have <laughs> tattoos. No, I mean, what I mean to say is if you have tattoos, some of these places and all the ones we encounter, you can't come in. You can't come in. I don't have any. Oh, well, look at you. I, I took one for the team there. No, you didn't. I'm pure. You do, you can't show your tattoos, but you also can't hide your tattoos because you have to wear clothes you well, have naked to. You have and, to not be clothed in yeah, the onsen, right? So I was just SOL. I, yeah, I thought you could wear like a. I know I planned shirt. on it. I brought a long sleeved, like swim shirt, but I. Yeah. But then they, for all they know, you're just hiding all these tattoos. Exactly, they get you. So we had private onsen experiences in a private room, just you and I. He's yeah, try to get. Well, like that's why that hotel was awesome, but didn't get the public traditional onsen experience. No. But that's okay. I guess I can never do it because I have tattoos. I'm sure there's a places that are okay with it. We just didn't bump into those. Like they were just more traditional, the ones we were at. Next time, if we're so blessed. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's a crazy thing um, doing things like this. And it's a blessing. And it's this whole thing just kind of popped up it was like this festival just invited us from hearing the burn album which the vinyl just started shipping so please if you're interested buy a buy burn on vinyl it's it's amazing it looks amazing and you and peter live playing those tracks wow it was a real treat wow total honor uh in more ways than one so good yeah, I hope we can get a recording of those shows. I hope that is good because I'd love to. We had some improvs. You know, it's rare for me to be able to play with someone. Like <laughs> when that. you guys played in Harame in Tokyo, Harame, 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 I think. Well, you weren't planning on doing an encore. True. And the crowd wouldn't let you go. It was so good. The crowd was like, "No, give us more," and you really had to actually improvise for your encore. Yeah, and Peter came over and sat down at the piano, which we'd never done. And I was like, "This is perfect." And I was like, "I'll play the flute." And yeah, you did. A, you did like jazz flute, flute. piano, jazz flute. It wasn't you jazz, ja- flute. you jazz fluted with your wooden flute. Jazz hands is what you I did. You went to town with your flute with Peter on the piano. Yeah, with some beats, it was cool. I might have a, 
I saw a video. Little I have phone recording. I have that. a phone recording. You it's should put that on so socials. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, public service announcement. I was locked out. I have been hacked on Facebook. Uh, so whatever's going on over there, could you? I need you to check that. I looked last uh, night. I, think I don't have access and anything going on over there. I've not been able you to You might in. have noticed everyone's commenting now saying what a good businessman you are. That oh, they should trust you. Comments. Trust you. Like you're, it's good to make investments with East Forest. Oh, that's true. <laughs> are there weird comments like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, get, yeah. can we get rid of them? Uh, probably. I can't get, I'm hacked. I'm locked out. It's pretty oh, obvious it's a bot. A nightmare. I hate social media. Um, but anyway, not to digress. Um, I'd like to post maybe one of those videos. That would be fun. Yeah, but to your point, it will on not be on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you can share those. So but great. I recognize, too, we were there and coming home and all this stuff going on in the world. It's like it's just wild. It's hard to, it's hard to hold all that, you know, at once. Uh, but... I just want to give thanks for our pre- our ability to go at all and connect with new people and to bring the music and the medicine and community to uh, so many lovely new communities. It's amazing. It was amazing. It was a trip of a lifetime. So I'm glad I could share it with you. Yeah. A++. Yeah. Loved it. All the way. I'm still like... We're still not waking up on time. No. But that was just un- very unusual for you. You're an early riser and now we're sleeping till 10. Well, try, uh, today I set the alarm for eight, which is late, and it went off. And I usually get up, but I thought just five minutes. I'm just gonna just sit here five minutes. And then when I I got up, when I thought it was ten or fifteen, it was two hours later. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "What happened?" Said, the alarm never went off, and I said, "No, no, it went off." I don't know. I, we got off. to do something to change this. A um, uh, couple of pieces of housekeeping, if anyone's still listening. I mean, um, Esalen, I think it's full, but not full. Like, so you should sign up for the wait list if you're interested, because I actually think there might be a few more spots. Uh, wait list always gets activated. So if you want to go and you're on the wait list, they'll likely ask you. And there's a retreat coming up in Costa Rica, February 3rd through the 10th. Uh, that'll be on eastforce.org soon. Sign up for the email list. Uh, that'll be a psilocybin retreat. First of its kind public psilocybin retreat at Reunion. In Costa Rica, uh, soon to be announced, and uh, if you f- are feeling the call to that, you know, explore it because it will be intimate. Um, I think that's it for now. Of course, I'll be in Seattle on November third and LA on November seventh. Uh, seventh is with Maryam. The third is the album release date. So, looking forward to both of those shows. Doing lots of rehearsals right now, and that's it. That's it. Lots of love. Anything for you? No, just feel really grateful to you. Grateful to Japan and everyone that helped us and hosted us and showed us love. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks you. Thanks to everyone over there who gave us a hand. We look forward mm-hmm. to seeing you again. Mm-hmm. And all of our new friends, keep walking your walk. Don't take any shit, but if you do... Do it with grace. Thanks, Rada, for coming on the show. Check out her stuff, marissaradawepner.com. Hire her if she's available. She's truly amazing what she does so check it out um, and thank you to everyone in Japan each story uh, and and Harame and uh, Paradise Bakery Junpei and Junpei all the Junpeis I hope we can go back I really do that was a special special experience I loved it this song that you're hearing in the background is called Flittering it is off music for the deck of the Titanic it is one of the piano numbers on the record some of y'all if you haven't heard the record you've heard some of the like songs with singing and lyrics and you might be like yo east forest what's up 
You're singing songs. Um, that's okay. That's what came out. But there are some classic jams, instrumental deep dives in there as well. So this is one of them. Uh, listen in its full glory wherever you listen to music. Check out the videos on YouTube. That's where they're living. Check out our live dates coming up uh, Costa Rica, early February for that ceremony retreat. Everything's at eastforest.org, eastforest music. And thank you to everyone on our Patreon, patreon.com slash eastforest. You keep walking that walk, don't take any shit, but if you do, do it with grace. <laughs>